0: goes it? Good going. I was trying to find to like cooperate. Mm. I feel like it's a daily struggle. Mm. Well, good luck. Thank you. Well, Anything? Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to do it. Yay! Did you just hear my computer go wow!
1: There's some fun noises, that's for sure. I think it's a fan.
0: There's a fan in the background.
1: I apologize. That's all right. We're working with what we got. So we are. Yeah. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi. It's us.
0: Hi, it's Northern Frights. I'm Anna. I'm Melissa. We're Northern Frights.
1: Very good. Podcast. I
0: know, wasn't it a great intro, you guys? You're welcome. <laughs> You're just, why do we stick around? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, so, oh. did you know today is episode 25? Wow! Well, I know!
0: Isn't well, it? <laughs> whoop, whoop! Whoop,
1: Oh, you, what? We just got off a long, but very fast day, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense, yeah. but.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was one of those days where you're, you wake up, you get started with your work day, and you immediately get a headache because you look at your emails and you go, oh, God.
1: I know, right away, too. You're like, it's going to be yeah. a day.
0: It's going to be a day. It's day number, what, how many... <laughs> How many weeks have we been working from home?
1: Is it three this week?
0: I think so because we started
1: like the sixteenth or seventeenth.
0: Yeah, then that means that we're on week number four. Oh Oh, my god! Holy Hannah! Week four. Mm -hmm. Then four weeks of working from home, everyone. Yep.
1: All the stress is settling in my shoulders.
0: Oh. My neck is, like, broken. I know. <laughs> Just from how sore, like, how completely stressed out it feels.
1: hmm Hope you guys are doing good. Yeah, we hope you're doing how good. You doing? We have some fun mm-hmm. stuff to talk about today. Yeah. My favorite, most exciting thing I want to talk about is um, Mutual UFO Network. Yeah move on move on and so i was part of their i signed up for their emails which you can definitely do go to their website and sign up um Mm -hmm. and it was like a digest of march's um reports that they got and then Mm -hmm. some other fun tidbits so i thought i'd just share that with our group today yes please so um,
0: uh, let me just hold on one before thing because we forgot to do this at the beginning sure Northern Frights is a
1: podcast that talks about creepy stuff in the Midwest. Okay, go. <laughs> and go. And go. on that note, um, in the email, it let us know that we have 13 new investigators. Ooh. And I thought, we need to give them a round of applause.
0: Everybody. Welcome. Everybody
1: clap your hands. and i'm very excited to hopefully see what uh they go out and find 13 quite a quite a bit
0: i want to know who these 13 people are how many originally did we have
1: i don't know i could definitely find out i'm sure they have a a thing on there about how many people are out there investigating yeah
0: so that'd be interesting to know
1: yeah who are they
0: where are they oh no my cat just came in
1: she's like you what are be you be doing
0: yeah. you're not petting you're, me you're not paying attention to me why are you in my house every day all day <laughs> hey little
1: baby our pets are That's so, so sick of us
0: oh uh, Bernie is just like staring at me most of the day like why
1: I don't well, understand why you're here they can't nap properly no they're worrying about us because we're always in their way and doing stuff
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. My other cat <laughs> my other cat bandit hasn't sleeping downstairs. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's birdie. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, other she cat- can comment. She's leaving. She's had enough.
1: Yeah. She's like, I'm going somewhere else. I gotta
0: go. This idiot's in here.
1: <laughs> they won't leave. <laughs> 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 All right, so we have 13 new investigators in March alone. There were 883, and I think it's worldwide reports of UFO. Oh, wow! Yeah, wow, quite a bit. Um, in the US, there was the bulk of them of 672,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: U- UK had 91. And I thought since we have listeners um, that are throughout the world at this time, I figured I'd give stats on their countries too. So in France, there was two reports. Australia had three. Canada had 44. And then to break down the U.S., there was 10 in Iowa, 15 in Virginia, 67 in california and then 17 in minnesota oh wow that's a yeah. lot mm-hmm. and the witnesses they broke down like distance of um how far away the ufos were and mm-hmm. there were 74 reports where the witnesses were as close as 100 feet so that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. close yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then seventy were um between one hundred and one to five hundred feet. And I still think that's pretty decent.
0: Yeah, I mean if you think like a regular plane, it's pretty high up in the sky. So these Mm -hmm. unidentified flying objects had to be pretty low.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Science.
0: That's right, Bertie. Science.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Science. (laughs) There were 16 landings, hoverings, or takeoffs. Oh! How cool is that? Yeah! does it break it down. Best dad of all. Are you ready? Yeah. 19 entities observed. (gasps) Do they give Mm -hmm. details? Not on this, because it's sort of a digest. But... (laughs) um, I'm hoping that I think you'd actually have to really dig through all the reports to find it, but maybe they have um, hashtags or something. I haven't explored it too much, but um, I definitely want to find out more about the entities and how they were described. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Please
0: check that out. Report next time.
1: Absolutely. And we're going to do this every month after we get the digest. So we'll have more stats for you next month. Yes. Beautiful. And then I have um, a reminder for people to read with us um, Killers mm-hmm. of the Flower Moon by David Gran. Um, How's yours going?
0: I think I'm on chapter five already and it's very good.
1: It's so good, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, trying to think. just guess like I some details from the book that really stood out to me. But I think it's like overall, it's just
1: fascinating. It is. It's it you well. I started making a list of all the things that are are either invented during this book time period or whatever. Um, they talk about media coverage. They talk mm-hmm. about prejudices. Mm-hmm. The Pinkert- Pinkertons, um, li- like being able to use light in a house, like li- uh, light switches mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Pro- prohibition, hello. Hello. And yeah, I started making notes on all this stuff that was just covered um, as I'm going through it. So it's really good and I'm really enjoying it. So I hope you guys join us and we can chat about it a little bit um, once we're all finished. Yeah. And then my last thing, and then we'll get on to cases, is I was uh, watching some show over the weekend and it had a premiere like promo for. The show called Accused, Guilty or Innocent. Oh. Have you seen that at all? No. Nope. Okay. Well, that's okay. So what I think it is is um it's um showing people who've been accused of a crime and you follow them through their journey. Oh. And what was really interesting is I think it might, um, in the promotional video they showed, I think it shows a case that I covered. Um that was about the murder of Shirley Carter.
0: Oh, oh interesting.
1: And, because what it shows is this man. And he says, I'm being accused by my dad of killing my mother. Or something mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. So right after that, I like got on Google, looked up the show. And they don't have episode details yet. But it is premiering on April 21st. And I do plan on looking it up to see... If um, it is indeed our case, because that would be really interesting to watch as a group and then just discuss if we feel like it. But definitely watch because it's it's sort of fun to do a, a group activity. And if you want to listen to the episode that I covered the case, it is episode nine. And it's titled Shirley Carter and Anna's Special Time Stories. Yeah. <laughs> <a> good one. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out.
0: What? Where can they watch it?
1: Oh, um, you know, I will Google that while we, while you do your, your episode. Okay. Your Does that sound good? Yeah. I didn't write it down, so I apologize, but I will look okay. it up. It's on, uh, April 21st. Okay. Accused, guilty, or innocent. And I'll follow up on what channel? Okay.
0: uh All well, right. For if We're going to talk about shows that we've watched recently. I've just watched the first two seasons of Killing Eve. Yeah. And if anybody's watched that, that's a really good show. The new season starts this Sunday on BBC America. Okay. Central time, it's like eight a.m. or eight a.m. eight p.m. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Not to be late okay. at eight a.m. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's a good show. Thrilling. Got yeah, British stuff.
1: Great. I've always heard that's a really great show. I just haven't yeah. had time to invest in it.
0: Yeah. Well, I saw like an Instagram. Um. Trailer for it, and I was like, "Oh, that looks kind of cool." And then I found it on Hulu, on the Hulu. Nice.
1: On the so Hulu. I decided to watch it. Very nice. Nice. Uh, uh, okay, so accused guilt. Oh my god, accused <laughs> guilty or innocent is on A and E.
0: Okay. Oh, speaking of A and E, um, Ghost Hunter starts again this week on April eighth
1: on E. So that's on Wednesday, Ghost Hunters? Yep. Okay.
0: The reboot, original Ghost Hunters.
1: Very nice. Oh. All right. Good. So let's do paper, rock, scissors. We'll just verbally say it. One, two, three, scissors. Paper. Okay. You go first. (laughs) I guess I'm going first. All right. So my case is oh my god i'm clicking all over causing chaos <laughs> all right. my case is about Catherine tornquist and it's, it's a case out of south dakota and my sources for today were the charlie project um two um articles on rapid city journal and then i came across this website i always find the weirdest things It's called My Death Space. Oh, I'm sorry. My Death Space. And at first I was like, well, I don't know if this will be legit. But um, they actually ended up posting um, articles with links in there that I didn't find in my search. So um, I ended up using a few of the um, news articles they pointed to. So it ended up being good. Good. All right. So it is October 4th, 2011 and Catherine Tornquist had just spent a lovely day with her friend, John, oh my God, Don Lytle. <laughs> they had just gone sightseeing and visited visited a second-hand store. The following day, Catherine was going to purchase a motorhome, and she had already put down a down payment, um, and you can imagine that You're going to be excited about this. She's in her, I believe, 50s. She's making this purchase on a motorhome because she was going to be traveling around the U.S. and leaving the cold state of South Dakota. So she was, like, really excited. She had already put on the down payment. And according to Don, quote, she was to go with her son, Matthew, to pick up the motorhome, unquote. So the, on that following day, so Don, he hasn't heard from Catherine, um, on October 5th, which is the next day. And she wasn't answering his phone calls. So the following day, 10, 6, Don goes to Catherine's house and he saw her car there, but the motor was not there. <laughs> so Don, um, makes this big journey. I feel like it was a, um, Forty-five minutes plus to go to the um, motorhome store where she was supposed to purchase the motorhome, mm-hmm. and once he gets there, he finds out that Catherine never showed up for her one thirty appointment on ten mm-hmm. five the day prior. So Don decides to go back to her house, and he—I think it's not explicitly said, but I think he sort of broke in, or at least found a way inside, maybe a window or something but he, he gets in and Catherine wasn't there. Mm. So he had been, um, the reason he had been a little frantic about it was that, um, her family has a history of, um, I can't remember what he had said, but it was like one where you might pass out and just sort of be in, um, capacitated. Mm. Um, so that's why he felt like he needed to get into her house. Either way, it didn't amount to anything and she wasn't in there. (laughs) <laughs> so the following day, 10-7, he receives a phone call from Matthew, the son who was supposed to go with her to the motorhome store. And Matthew states that he doesn't know where she is. So Don reports Catherine missing at 2.45. What I don't know is what time um, Don had received that call, but at, it doesn't matter. He ends up reporting her missing at 2.45 a.m. Mm-hmm. And Don, I believe, was the one who stated it's definitely out of character for her to just leave without telling anybody because she was caring for her elderly father who was in oh, a nursing home. Sure. And she was she was also like a happy, reliable person, and it was just out of character her for her to up and disappear. Mm. So that same night on 107, Matthew texted his girlfriend that he needed to get out of Rapid City. Mm. There's not much more information on that other than that damning text, right? Yeah. What I do know is that Catherine, yeah, um, Catherine has at least one other child um, named Tina, and Tina lives in Colorado, so she's out of state. But Matthew had told Tina that their mom woke up early on uh, 10-5, the day they were supposed to purchase the motorhome, stating, quote, I'm leaving And after that, Matthew went back to sleep, um, assuming, I'm assuming, that um, thinking that she didn't need his help to purchase it and was just going to go on her own. Mm. So that's what he told his sister, Tina. So as part of the investigation into her disappearance, Matthew received a phone call from an investigator. And initially, Matthew's cooperating with them and told the investigators that he had seen his mom Um, On 10-5, the morning he was supposed to go with her to purchase the motorhome. And according to investigators, Matthew seemed, quote, normal and not concerned. Eventually, Matthew was interviewed again. And this was a face-to-face interview um, with investigators. And as the questioning continued, Matthew became, like, visibly nervous and was asking odd questions for a person whose mom was missing. Yeah. And based on their on his behavior with the investigators, um, there was enough suspicion and eventual cause for a search warrant to be issued, and the warrant covered Catherine's home and Matthew's dorm room. Mm. So i I think, think for first we'll talk about Catherine's. Um, I think she lived in a mobile home. We're going to talk about her space first. So. Um, It was obvious to uh, the investigators that the bedroom had been recently cleaned. Um, they found blood on a sideboard mattress. Mm. The mattress had blood on the side, which I think is where, if you're sitting on the bed, your legs hang, you know, down to the floor. I think that's what they mean by the side of the mattress. Um, bullets were found, which were 22 caliber Mm. and they were embedded in the foam of the mattress there was a, quote, splash of blood on the floor near the bed and a path of blood to the front door and down the steps. And huh. um, there was a bloody boot and handprint near or at the door. And then huh. lastly, there was a partially burned phone in a burn barrel. Mm, oh. So that's pretty bad. Like, it seems that's- like, obviously, she was murdered at home. Yeah. Yeah, not good. So next, um, there's Matthew's dorm room. And upon entering the dorm room, one of the investigators was, like, looking around the room, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he had a hunch that, like, the desk had been moved or was, like, oddly placed or something. So um, that drew his attention up to the ceiling. Like, well, what's so different about this desk? And he looks up at the ceiling and he sees that like a ceiling tile had been moved or was like not laying flat. Mm-hmm. And so the investigator gets on top of the desk or gets up there somehow and moves the tile and he finds several guns. One of them oh. was a twenty-two caliber rifle. I don't think and you're. Later, supposed to the have- testing showed. <laughs> no, not in a dorm room. Like, what are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> How did he get them in? But maybe he's yeah. doing it at night where it's less obvious. Maybe. <laughs> so later testing showed that the rifle had, quote, skin cells on it that matched Catherine's DNA. This rifle also had a makeshift silencer. And um, the guy who actually owned it, it was um, stolen from him he said that when it was in his possession there was no silencer on it and definitely not a makeshift silencer so that was obviously added after the fact um investigators also found a pair of jeans that had blood on them catherines blood also in yeah also in matthew's dorm room was some Um, interesting books considering what is going on. And I thought the titles were interesting enough to jot down. Um, One is Death Investigators Handbook Volume 1. Mm. Death Investigators Volume 3. Surveillance Countermeasures. International Fugitive and then lastly Hitman. Oh my god. (laughs) Great collection. Okay. Yeah and In general, I think people get books because they're interesting. Mm -hmm. And it may not be a a signal that something terrible is going on. But in the circumstances, it doesn't look good.
0: No. (laughs) Red flags everywhere.
1: (laughs) Everywhere. All over his dorm. So later, the investigators received analysis on Catherine's uh, CPAP machine. And it, show, it has data, I guess, within the machine. And it showed that she pretty much wore it religiously at night. And the, the data showed that on 10-4, which was the night um, right before she is, like, missing her appointment. And um, the day she was with Dawn. Um, on 10-4, at around 10 p.m., her mask was cut off.
0: Mm. And also
1: there was blood inside the tube. So cool. that sort of nailed down a time period. So around 10 pm was when the murder happened. Yeah. So what was interesting additionally is that Matthew told other versions about his mom's disappearance. He had texted a friend stating that his mom was in the ER and then later that she needed to be moved to Denver Denver for care. Mm. Um, yeah. And There's- in reality, Matthew was like an unemployed student, which is, you know, pretty typical of a, a college student yeah. who may not work. So that's not shocking. Yeah. But um, he had a substantial amount of money and was spending it. Mm-hmm. So the records show that he only had $47 in his bank, but he had $3,000 in cash had lost around three thousand dollars at a casino mm-hmm. and bought a two thousand dollar rifle and had purchased three pairs of sunglasses that were approximately eight hundred dollars total oh. at four three, which totaled the amount approximately what his mom was supposed to bring to buy her motorhome. Oh, God. Yeah, that totaled approximately 10000 which is what Catherine and Don had confirmed this, that she had $10,000 on her person. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's not good. So um, what we do know, too, is that Catherine had saved up that money for a long time, that $10,000, and she had it on her to make her purchase mm. the next day. Um, Catherine's purse contents were found quote dumped on a gravel road northeast of Buffalo Gap and this gravel road eventually leads to Pine Ridge Indian Reservation and also runs alongside Badlands National Park Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of theories of course on that um, my death space that had obviously she got through thrown like out into the national park or somewhere along there Mm -hmm. if her purse is there there's lots of theories they gave but um anyways um matthew's alibi turned out to be fictitious (laughs) they were able to like debunk whatever his alibi was right and as you can probably see where this is going matthew charles turnquist was charged with the murder um of his mother plus grand theft Um, originally his trial was, um, not too long after 2011, I think 20 in 2012, but it got pushed back to summer of 2014 and quote, prosecution alleged that he shot Catherine to death in her bed with a stolen 22 caliber rifle, dragged her body outside of her home, put it in his car and disposed of it and spent the money she'd intended to buy the motor home with unquote. He is. Yeah, it's so yeah. sad. And the, the jury ended up deliber- deliberating for two hours before finding Matthew guilty and he's spending his life in prison. Good. Yes. And lastly, uh, her body has never been found mm-hmm. and Matthew claims he's innocent. Mm-hmm. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. Of course he does. course is. he
0: does.
1: I was just going to... So there it is. Wow.
0: What a sad one. I know. Oh. Although there's never really a happy <laughs> story. Who's well,
1: Yeah, I mean it all points to him. Yeah. So what's sad is that he can't come to terms with what he did and is hiding it cuz um they really I mean he's already going to be in jail forever. So it's like why not tell people where her body right. is? Right. So that her other family can be, you know, mm-hmm. be able to say goodbye and yep. stuff. did,
0: did yep. they say anything? So if, there we are. Did they say anything about like the daughter? Like, did she say anything?
1: Well, um, I didn't write it down, but it sounded like she was for sure on Matthew's side, mm-hmm. at least for a long time. I didn't see that she turned on him necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um but I know for sure at the beginning she was on his side and I read some Facebook posts that he had, which was basically saying he had put like um, missing posters or whatever on his Facebook and he's, you know, talking about how um, basically upset he is that she's missing and oh my God, my mom's missing and yeah. you know, stuff like that. And um, that's when for sure Tina was on his side, but I don't recall reading that she turned or... Um, other family, I don't know where their stance sure. was. Didn't change anything. Not that I'm aware of. Maybe they still think he's innocent. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, fun. What a great fun yeah. story. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll tell you about some uh some folklore now, if we want. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so for me, this week, I've got the Melonheads in Michigan.
1: Melonheads? The Melonheads. Alright. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or be creepy. Well,
0: true. it depends on how you feel the rest of this information here. So,
1: here we go. I know, that might pinpoint it.
0: Yeah. Alright, right, so from Wikipedia, the Melonheads mm-hmm. are a folklore and or legend... That has been in Michigan for many years. Um, also, mm-hmm. they've also been sited in Ohio and Connecticut and some other states. Those are like the main three. Mm-hmm. They supposedly reside around the Felt Mansion. The Felt Mansion belonged originally to Dor Felt, who was a self-made millionaire who created the comptometer, which is basically a fancy calculating machine. Oh, yeah. nice! It's located in Lake Town. Township, Michigan, and I think I'm, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so I apologize. It's Allegan County, A L L E G A N. Allegan, sure. Okay. Anywho, um, it's also seen. They've also been seen around the forested areas of Ottawa County, Michigan, which is on the west side of Michigan, across from Wisconsin. Okay. Continuing on. Um, One legend as to where they came from is that they were children with hydrocephalus who lived in the junction and say an mm-hmm. asylum near the Felt Mansion. They supposedly, after experiencing physical and emotional abuse, were released into the forest surrounding the asylum. Um, and they reportedly still reside there, growing to hate normal-looking people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The allegheny Historical Society states that the asylum never existed. Um, The mansion was sold by the Felt family in the 40s to Shore Acre Farms. It's gone from being a seminary to a prison, and they've held the local state police, but it was never an asylum. Nuns still live there, though, and that's creepy enough. (laughs) Don't tell Linda at work that I said that. Linda respects the nuns. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Another legend says that the children at one point lived in the mansion itself, but later moved to a system of caves or caverns in a nearby hill left over mm-hmm. from, an, from, an, from an abandoned zoo. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Which, for that, it reminds me of the movie <laughs> The Descent. Have you ever seen that movie? I feel like I have, Okay, it's yes. the one where the girls go like, what is it called? Rappling? No, it's not Rappling. I can't remember what the, Rappling. I can't remember what the word is. <laughs> rattling. <laughs> when they go into, like, a cave, they, like, search a cave, and then they come across these, like, humanoid creatures down there that kill them. It's the, it's a world's scariest movie, so if you ever.
1: Is it spoink? Spoink? Blunking. No, that's not it.
0: Bloonking, that's it. There we go. There we go. We're, Guys, we, we learned it. a new word today. It's like, peewee's playhouse. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, carrying yeah. on. Legends say that the children created a plan to escape and kill the doctor that abused them um, from the asylum. Okay. It said that the children had no place to hide the body after killing the doctor, so they cut him up into small pieces and they hid around the mansion. The story of the oh. cruel doctor okay. may have come from a similar legend from uh, the Melon Hezo of Ohio. Where supposed Dr. Crow committed torturous experiments on a group of melonheads. So they mm-hmm. supposedly in this in this story, in the Ohio one, it said that the melon heads rebelled against Dr. Crow, chased him to his lab, and then they tore him apart and ate him. Ooh, and that's okay. from Weird US by Mark Moran and Mark German. I Pronounce it that way. Fun. Okay. So rumors have gone around the area that teenagers broke into the mansion and saw the ghosts of the children, and they supposedly saw shadows of the doctor's murder through a light in the door. Ooh, okay. Okay. So from Weird, Michigan by Linda Godfrey, who, uh, I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you, but she was... Yes, yeah. Beast Bray Road. Yep. She's the one who wrote that article on the Grey Road. So she also wrote the book *Weird Michigan*, um, and she describes the melon heads as having small bodies and disproportionately bulbous heads. The children, and, yeah, the children mm-hmm. in the area were warned not to venture into the forest where the melon heads supposedly live, for fear of being attacked and eaten by these creatures. People visit mm-hmm. the area to try to catch a glimpse of them. Um, At the mansion, people report seeing curtains moving and strange noises coming from its quote-unquote dark recesses. (laughs) I love that. So a story from like a, a true story from a person who has had an experience with them said that she and a group of five friends had gone to the Felt Mansion one night while they were in high school. They could hear a rustling sound about 50 or so yards away. They figured it was a raccoon or some other creature, so They weren't too concerned. A really large head came out of the woods and started slowly walking towards them. One of Kelly's friends yelled hello to the figure. The figure responded in a low grunt and quickly started walking towards them. She and her friends took off for their parked car and drove until they were many miles away from the mansion. They laughed at their experience, thinking that they had just been scared of a watchman or something. When she returned home and told her father about her experience, he became very concerned. He told her never to go there at night. When she asked why, he told her of how when the mansion was sold to a seminary, an asylum was built on the grounds and was later turned into a prison. He told her how the asylum specialized in patients with extra fluid in their brain, causing their heads to swell. When funding was cut for the asylum, many of the patients were, quote unquote, set free. They grew to hate normal looking people due to what they had experienced at the asylum, and they chose to stay on the grounds away from people to stay away from society. The melonhead supposedly built homes in the tunnels underneath the property of the mansion and began to interbreed. And they supposedly live there to this day. Mm. Now, mm. this could potentially be false. Because according to okay. the article, The Dog Man and Other Michigan Mysteries by Kathleen Levy, that was from the De- Detroit Free Press, um, there could be a more of a boring reason for the story of the melon heads. The mansion was at one time <laughs> a cat pool. and Public school kids in the area thought the kids who went to the school, St. Augustine, were arrogant and would call them big headed or melon heads. After the property was mm. sold in the 1970s, it was used as a state police post and a correctional facility was built. So the fun okay. the felt mansion is also said to be ha- haunted. I was gonna say haunted. The felt Hainted. mansion is said to be haunted, too. Uh, um so are people <laughs> seeing the melon heads or are they seeing something from the mansion? Reports of seeing children playing at the top of the stairs of the mansion, and have also been and jumping off the balcony of the mansion. In a group of teens vandalizing the mansion said that a man in a horse-drawn carriage pulled up next to them asking if they needed a ride. They took off in terror after seeing him. And then apparently there is a carriage house that does sit on the property. So whether the melon heads are real or not, there is one truth. They sound creepy as heck. And you should never go into the woods at night. Never.
1: Don't <laughs> oh, go into woods. That's a, ge- a general a good good rule. rule Don't go into the
0: woods. <laughs> Stop. Leave the no. woods alone. That's why they're big. <laughs> and then, also, just an extra fun fact I have driven through Holland, Michigan, which is a town near the Feld Mansion and where the Melonheads supposedly roam. Mm-hmm. We had gone, my family and I had gone okay. to Muskegon, Michigan for a family vacation. And we drove through the town, which is actually very cute. Holland—it's like it's all like kind of like Dutch buildings and stuff, windmills and everything. Oh, so that is a story yeah.
1: of the Millenheads. Yeah, very good. They sound a little creepy, but I don't begrudge them for murdering <laughs> potentially the doctor that experimented. I, I'm
0: fine with you murdering and eating him. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do what you have
0: to.
1: Well, really? Yeah. It's terrible. Oh, okay. So, what's the up with them not saying that there was no asylum? Or was that just one legend that was like. It, it was, was no like problem. a
0: legend that there was an asylum on the property, but the historical society is like, no, there's never an asylum on the property.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Historical society. So, that's, yeah. a lo- that's yeah. legit. It's. That's a source. Yeah, I'd be so like, it's
0: probably for sure. just okay. from you know kids seeing the young kids that attended the school that was there and calling them melonheads. But who knows? You never know. Yeah, there's always some reason. You there's really always some reason did. behind legends yep. that make them exist.
1: I agree. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. there's always some truth. So. So.
0: Yeah. Something we'll find weird. it someday all right gang that's our stories for the day okay hopefully this this sounds a lot better than the the last episode Mm -hmm. either
1: way we're trying we did lots of testing on different versions of how we could do it and this at the time Mm -hmm. was the best one Mm -hmm. so we'll try this out Anna will listen to it she'll let me know
0: we'll go from there so we give you guys a big hug hang in there during this pandemic. Keep it creepy. No, don't keep it creepy. Well, That's a different girl. podcast phrase. <laughs> Sorry, Sisterhood. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Just be cool. All right. We'll see some spooky stuff. But remember like to social it. distance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be safe. Be safe. Safety, safe. That's Safety first. That's our Safety first. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.